Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. And thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman, and joining us in the studio, I should use the term, we have two distinguished guests. Uh, joining us from the BYU Management Society, the Salt Lake Chapter, is Andrew Wan. He's the president-elect. Andrew, thank you so much for being here. What a delight to have you in studio. Thank you for having me here. And, and, and the word Salt Lake Chapter is going to give us a view of just how big the BYU Management Society is. So we'll follow up that in just a minute. Also joining us in studio is Enid Mickelson. She's a former Utah politician. Can I use former? You can use Utah former. Utah politician. She's I work relaxed. at a quilt store now. <laughs> do you really work at <laughs> a part time? I, I want to say that I knew that you had that talent for years. But what a way to process things after all the years in the political spotlight. She's also a dear friend of Senator Orrin Hatch. And coming up is a very important event that is sponsored by the BYU Management Society. It's called the Distinguished Utah Awards Ceremony. And it's a gala coming up June 1st. So let's tie these together because Senator Hatch will be uh, honored at that event. First of all, let's go back for just a bit, Andrew. The BYU Management Society, what are its goals? What is it involved in? Sure, yeah. BYU Management Society is a a business organization consisting of business professionals. Um, And our goal is really to grow moral and ethical leadership in our business community. Um, There's about 95 chapters around the world um, across 30 different countries from South America to China. So you say ethical leadership. So tell me when, you know, was there a period of time where we decided this was something we really wanted to do? And so BYU formed that society or how did that become so preempt, so important? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it it is an extension of BYU and and it was really formed by the Marriott school, uh, recognizing there is a focus that needs to occur in the business community. Um, You know, students going to BYU and different areas and aspects of their life and they they gain all these good skills, but then when they're relinquished and released into the community, um, they, they they feel like they're lacking that in, in the business community. So really, the organization was created as a way for them to network, as a way for them to share in those values, not only from people from BYU, but also um, you know different people from different universities as well. They can also join the BYU Management Correct. Society, yep. different chapters yeah. around the world. Uh, the big event that I refer to off the top is the Distinguished Utah Award Gala. Yep. Right, the gala that's coming up, and it's honoring Senator Orrin Hatch. Mm-hmm. How was he recognized? How how did that process move forward? Yeah, so um, you know, as as a, as a group, we we kind of the board brainstorms different individuals, and and we unanimously um, recognize Orrin Hatch as as one of those individuals that have really 
symbolizes the more ethical values that he has in, in throughout his career as well as his life uh, in helping us um, and not just the Utah community but also nationally be recognized as, for that as well. And I, I like that as an opening because many people may read newspaper headlines. They may follow him on uh, social media. They may be engaged in civics and politics and be aware of his decisions. But there is so much more to the life of Senator Orrin Hatch, which brings us to Enid. You've right. known Senator Hatch for for how long? 40 years. A long time. It has been a long time. I first met him when I was 18 years old, and he, I had been elected as the state chairman of the Utah Young Republicans. And Orrin Hatch was a freshman senator, and he didn't need to do this, but he invited me to his office and sat and talked with me for about an hour, not so much about the Young Republicans, but asked me what I was going to do with my life, what I was going to study, um, even suggested when he found out that I was planning to go to law school, said, take an accounting class. I wish I'd listened to him. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so it, that was my introduction to him, that it was it was a completely different thing than I think most people see with their elected officials. Here I am, this brand new college freshman who a member of the United States Senate spends an hour with behind closed doors. There was no benefit for him whatsoever. It was just a kind invitation from someone who who knew that I was interested in politics. Well, and here's too: you go back 40 years and not that many women were going into law and going no, to study. That's true. That's so true. Mentors play a big role when you're kind of breaking through some of those. That's absolutely you know. right. And so we became you know, it was an acquaintance that, that grew when I served in Congress, but but even I'd say even more so after I served in Congress. Um, he did you go to him when you decided to make that leap to run as a congressman? No, I did not. Um, I, I knew that elected officials hate to be put in the middle of a contested primary. And so I didn't ask any of my friends at the time who were serving in elective office wow. to, to get involved because I. That was just something I knew is very, very awkward for them. It's not so much the same now, um, but but 20 years ago, you, you really – most elected officials did not get involved in primary elections. And so I didn't ask for that. But, but I can tell you a story that uh, when I married my now husband 10 years ago – Retired policeman? Retired policeman. Mm -hmm. Now he is a judge for Bluffdale City. Congratulations Justice Court judge. He mm -hmm. loves it. Um, I, I didn't get a chance to introduce him to Oren before we were married, but just right after we were married, um, we were at some event. I can't remember what the event was now, some political event at the Southtown Mall. And we'd been married for just a few months. And I saw Oren and introduced him to my husband. And I see Oren put his arm up around my husband's shoulders and walk him off to a little corner um, so that they could speak privately. <laughs> and I was sitting there watching this and wondering what they were saying to each other. Not re no, but but well, you knew that Senator Hatch wasn't going to be singing him a solo while he was over no, there. No, that's right. So I knew there was something career. up, you know. And and I just thought, okay, this will be interesting because not much throws my husband after thirty-seven years in law enforcement. You know, he's seen it all. So he turns around, and I can see my husband is kind of dazed and a little pale. And I said, <laughs> Scott, what did he say to you? And he said, Enid, 
He said it in the nicest way possible, but he basically said, if you hurt her, I will kill you myself. <laughs> Is there a gentle way to say? No, well, that was, you know, he, he, we, we joke about it being senatorially expressed that, you know, he'll kill me. And, and Orrin has heard me tell that story. I told it in front of a group of delegates years ago at a convention. And he just exploded with laughter and nodded his head and said, that's exactly right. (laughs) I was quoted correctly. Exactly. (laughs) Well, you know, because and you've experienced this in depth, and I'm sure, uh, Andrew, as you have looked at the political scene and political history over time, and even the former Distinguished Utah Award winners, is that people have a public persona and then they have a private persona. And sometimes, you know, you have to protect a bit of your privacy as you move forward. and, And often you don't have that option. And Senator Orrin Hatch, after being in the public's eye for decades and decades, you you could see why he would kind of step into that paternal role to say she has been in the spotlight as a congresswoman, you know, in in the middle of heated and intense uh, experiences. And her as a person, let's make sure that we take care of Enid as a woman. Right. It was nothing mm -hmm. to do with politics. It was all about the fact that he was my friend. Mm. I wanted to ask you a bit because um, Andrew Wan, who just joined us, by the way, for those who just tuned in, we are joined in studio with Utah Weekly Forum with Andrew Wan. He's the president-elect of the BYU Management Society, the Salt Lake chapter. Also joining us in studio is Enid Mickelson, a close friend of Senator Orrin Hatch, a former Utah politician, now quilting in her part-time, right. or full-time <laughs> or part-time quilting? Part-time. 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 So one of the things, Andrew, you said about the goal of the BYU Management Society is to to try to foster and encourage ethical leadership. Can we go back for just a bit to that framework as you look at Senator Orrin Hatch and why you see him being recognized with this Distinguished Utah Award in the context of ethical leadership? Well, Andrew and I were actually talking about this before we came on the air in, in that I think it's easy for people in Utah because we live so far away from Washington, D.C., and we're so far removed thankfully, from how Washington works. Um, <laughs> 2,000 miles in the county. <laughs> That's right. That, that I think sometimes it, it is difficult for people in Utah to understand what a, a, an incredible impact Orrin Hatch has had in Washington in the Senate. Um, when you look at the, the number of, of pieces of legislation that he has been able to pass, and it's because people from both sides of the aisle respect him. They know that he is a straight shooter. They know that he is trying to do the right thing. Uh, I remember years ago, he had a close friendship with Ted Kennedy that some people criticized and said, right. you know, how can you have a friendship but with this But people point to that bipartisanship that existed at the time. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that's what it came from. They were, they were both working on um, some health care issues that were very important um, and really kind of a landmark when they were able to pass it. And and the thing that I used to tell people is, is you know, Orrin Hatch doesn't give up on anybody. I mean, he looked at Ted Kennedy and said, gee, I might have lived a different life than he has, but he's still someone that, that I, I work with and is my friend. And so, I mean, he struck up friendships with Bono of U2. And, and so he's someone that can work with various people of different temperaments and different beliefs, and they trust him because he's an honest broker. 
I appreciate that that viewpoint because so many of us, as you mentioned, we're just thousands of miles away from from being able to see those the work behind the scenes. Yeah, we we don't get to see that, and and so when I hear people saying, "Oh, you know, he's he's we've had him back there too long. It's time for him to go." And you know what I want to say is, when I hear them say that, I think he's at the peak of his legislative powers now. It's taken him forty years to get there. And it is because of his behavior for the last 40 years that he is in such a powerful position. And so I'm glad to see him being recognized for his integrity, for his honesty, and and to be able to talk about a little bit, as I say, behind the scenes, who the man is rather than just the senator. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. That's Enid Mickelson joining us in studio. Andrew, tell me a little bit about that. You, you mentioned with the BYU Management Society that his name rose to the top. What was part of that discussion? You know, a, a lot of that is because of his not only of his contribution and success, but I like what you talked about. In it about um, his paternal nature, and I, yes. I view him as as doing that and, and looking over the state and, and some of the issues that we have in the tech industry. He's really taking ownership of it and and really being that paternal uh, role to to help promote um, uh, the true values of what moral and ethical leadership person ought to be. And I think he's tr- trying to instill that in, in the various things that he does. Uh, and, you know, after discussing that, different names came about. But really, he, his was the one that kept coming up in our discussions. Now, with the BYU Management, and I appreciate that, the BYU Management Society, it also has some, I'll say, behind-the-scenes work. And that I've been familiar with a scholarship program. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah. So um, the purpose of this distinguished Utah Gala, not only to recognize more on ethical leaders, uh, but is also to raise money for our scholarships that we grant in the past um, five years, we have we have um, given out about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars of scholarship to about two hundred and fifty students. So oh. these are graduating seniors. Graduating seniors. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they're they're applying in their senior year for a chance to go to college. Um, this year, we received about eighty uh, to ninety applicants, and most of these applicants are are needs based, and, and that's what we're focused on needs based scholarship. Um, one thing interesting I, I saw in a Pew Center report, it says that for lower income, getting a college education is the best way for them to get out of poverty. About 90% of people that are in poverty that gets a college education rises above or improves their lifestyle, and about 53% actually move up and, and move into middle class. So this is a, a really big need, um, and you will think with, with our state, you know, having a low unemployment rate and everything that there isn't a need, but there is a true need out there. Oh, yeah. When when you look at, and, and many people, it's not a, a part-time do- job to be doing research on the state of the state, but we have a, a tremendous amount of people living at the poverty level. And we have youth that are living in at-risk families where both parents are underemployed, working long hours, or home alone. They've got all, you know, instability. There's, the uh, you know, lots of risk factors. I'll just say that substance abuse around, and, and, and they're trying to navigate to get through those difficulties and be successful in high school and launch into college. So this is that bridge to say, okay, we see you. We want to support you in that decision you are working towards to better your life. So it's mostly needs-based or is it GPA as well? We look at three categories, um, needs-based, GPA, as well as leadership. 
they have to show that they have leadership. Um, and in fact, you know, you mentioned about people that are in poverty line. One, one, one of the awardees that we're going to give the award to this coming uh, school year, uh, it's it's a, a, a girl by the name of Bayar. I'm going to butcher this name. That's Sorry, okay. <laughs> we would all do the same. Bayar Tushig. And, you know, she's in the captive and tennis team in her school. And But what's really amazing is her story. She's an immigrant. Um, and when she moved here, she didn't know any English. She moved, immigrated. Where did she move from? Um, you know, the, the applicant application didn't say, so I'm not for, for sure. Okay. Uh, but if, it looks like from a, of an Asian descent. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, if I, if I may share a few things here. Uh when she said, when I was growing up, I did not have the leisure to even speak with my mother. When I would wake up in the morning, my mom would be sound asleep and exhausted from working all night at a fast food restaurant. And when I arrived home from school, she was already gone working again. Although I would long for my mother and cry to spend a single day with her, I knew that she worked hard for us to have enough money for living necessities. And, and these are the individuals that we're giving these awards to. She learned English, she mentions in her application, r- really from, from TV and from reading books. Um, she, well, actually, she, did, she mentioned she didn't have a TV at home. And, and that's one of the reasons why it helped her learn English so well, because uh, she, she read lots of books, and that's really how she passed her time. Um, and she talks about how she um, attributes her go-getter-type personality to seeing her mother. Seeing her mother working through all those hours and earning enough money for them to survive. So and she understood if you're going to work for something that's important to you, it's going to require an awful lot of energy and commitment and determination. And you're offering that to her. That's beautiful. Yep. And again, you know, I'm a, a mom and it brought a little tears to my eyes to think about that mom. She misses the daughter as much as the daughter misses seeing her. But she knows I've, this is my responsibility as a parent to work and provide and hope for her to have a better life. That's beautiful. So she'll be one of the award recipients. Correct. Yep. And, you know, she, she worked hard not only in overcoming some of those challenges, but she excelled. She, you know, 3.9 GPA. Jeez. Um, wow. Taking lots of AP classes. So if an unblended rate, it's like 4.39 or something like that. These are amazing kids that we're seeing these applications coming from. And, and How many recipients will you be recognizing at the gala? Um, we will be awarding about 54 wow. total um, scholarships this year, uh, about $70,000 this year. Um, and, and in the gala, we'll be recognizing three of them. All right. Fantastic. So that's a lot of awards. Now, the deadline has passed for this coming fall winter. But but is is there an open, I mean, is there a location now where people can start thinking, okay, I want to make sure I get this on the docket and I apply or have my youth apply for this scholarship? Yeah. So they could go to our website, uh, saltlake.byums. Uh, .org, uh, and, and there will be more information about scholarships and how to apply for those. All right. And because my memory is a little faulty, can you give that web address again? Salt Lake dot? Yep. Salt Lake mm-hmm. dot BYUMS dot org. BYUMS dot org. Yep. Management Society. Correct. So how long have you been a part of the Management Society? You know, I started in Seattle, in the Seattle chapter. Um, I, I started participating when one of my uh, co-workers, my boss, invited me to go. And, you know, it was a different feeling because in the business world, you go to all these conventions and trainings and, and they're all about how to be a better business person and how to make more money and how to be profitable. But at these luncheons and these events, we're, we're really focusing how to grow as an individual, how to be a better individual, better husband, better father, um, better citizen. And, and, and that's what, what 
BYU Management Society is all about. And, and, you know, I was hooked after that first meeting. And and since then, I've, you know, participated for the last 10 years. I have a list of some of the past distinguished Utah honorees. Do you each have a list? I was looking at it right here. I'm thinking of President Rex Ely, Dr. Stephen R. Covey, Dr. Allen and Karen Ashton, uh, John and Karen Huntsman. You look at Governor Olean Walker. Um, Pamela Atkinson, Frank Layden, and the Utah Jazz, Coach Lavelle and Patty Edwards. These are individuals who have spent an awful lot of their lifetime in public service. Well, you think of how different Utah would be without the service of the individuals that you just named. I mean, Pamela Atkinson has worked tirelessly for so many years to, to, to bring homelessness to the forefront. And, you know, we're going through one of those cycles again, and and it happens where we weren't paying as much attention to it as we probably needed to. And now we're having to pay a lot of attention to it. But she has been consistent in in making sure that we looked at that. You look at what the Huntsmans have done, the Ashtons have done. There'd be no Thanksgiving point. There'd be no Huntsman Cancer Institute. And you can go right down the list of a lot of things that make this community a wonderful place to live and these, in large part, are the individuals that have helped shape it. I appreciate that. I was thinking about Pamela Atkinson, too, because she is, is full 360 and that she calls upon compassion. She asks us to see the humanity in each other, to see the commonality we have with those who are without a home at this time. But she also is in the forefront of making sure that as our state legislature will help fund, that businesses will come together and step in as partners, that community members, she understand that it is to make an impact. She can be a loud voice and and a symbol of that hope that it takes all of us following in that leadership to come together to, to help problem solve. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because we are in full swing of we are. what to do with this and what's the best way now in 2017 right. to When the problems this. are different. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the problems change. The, the, the homeless problem, this is a different show, but, you know, the homeless problem is not just one particular type of person. There are so many different ways that, that various people need help to be able to get out of homelessness. And, and you know, what you mentioned about Pamela reminded me of, of something about Orin that, that a lot of people don't know. Because, again, you see the, the headlines, and, and I'm not going to tell you which congressman it was because he might not thank me for doing this. But <laughs> um, I remember once another member of Congress and I were talking with Orin, and, and Orin was, you know, expressing concern about someone you know, completely outside of legislation. It was kind of, well, how are your children doing and what's going on? And this congressman kind of smiled afterwards and said to me, oh, that was Orrin in his bishop mode. Because that's when I call him Bishop Hatch. And I kind of looked at him and he said, oh, he does this all the time. Again, you know, a real concern for individuals that doesn't come through when you look at the legislative accomplishments, which are enormous, um, but but this award is much more than that. Exactly. It's about he as an individual. As an individual mm-hmm. who, who cares about people and who conducts his life with integrity. Um, I, my daughter and, and I were talking as we drove down here. My daughter sitting behind me, Rebecca, yeah, as you I've know. I've been watching her since she was little, little she, Lizzie. Exactly. Graduated from college. Can we, since it's the BYU yes. Management Society, can we at least say congratulations to, to Lizzie <laughs> for graduating? Well done. She's on her way. But Lizzie and I were remembering that way back in the Republican National Convention that was held in New York City, 
It was over Lizzie's birthday. And so I took Lizzie and my mother to New York with me so that I could, you know, again, that mom thing, trying to, you know, fill dual roles. I was a delegate and I was also, you know, trying to be mom and not miss my daughter. And I have to insert first congresswoman to have a baby while in office. No, second. Second. Oh, sorry. First Republican. First Republican to do it. Okay. Um, Carry on, mom. (laughs) (laughs) But so. I brought Lizzie to the floor of the convention. Here she's eight years old on the night of her birthday. And Orrin Hatch walked up to her and gave her a hug and gave her this little package. And it turned out to be a stuffed elephant. And his press person pulled me aside. She said, Enid, he has been carrying that all day long because he knew it was her birthday and didn't know when he'd get a chance to see her. So, again, you know, those personal things that, that people just don't know. And, you know, because he's a person that has a good heart and integrity, he's not going to go out and make a press release about it. And nobody would run it if he did. But as I say, you know, I'm just one of thousands of people that he deals with. And so I, again, I go back to saying it's an honor for me to be able to come in and talk about the Orrin Hatch as a man and, and what an extraordinary individual he is besides the office holder. And he'll receive that award on June 1st at the little America hotel in the grand ballroom, the very special event a VIP reception is ahead of time. General reception, our tickets already Sold, Andrew Juan, for those who may still want to be a part of this event, is there a way for them to reach out to the BYU Management Society and maybe sponsor a table? Or Yeah, they, they definitely can. No, um, we have not overbooked yet, so we, we still have uh, room. And so they can um, go online to saltlake.byums.org slash events, and they can uh, click on the June 1st event there with um, honoring Orrin Hatch. And, and register that way, um, or they could um, send an email to um, <clears throat> me at awan at larsco.com, L-A-R-S-C-O.com, and if, you're, if they're interested in sponsoring a table. Awan at larsco.com. Yep. A-W-A-N at L-A-R-S-C-O.com. That sounds great. Isn't it funny that sometimes I'm hearing things and I can't write it down on the chalkboard in my brain anymore? It's like it's, uh, it, the, I, the words are floating. No, I lost that ability years ago. <laughs> yeah. We have just a couple of minutes together left, and I, I just want to thank both of you. But, but you mentioned at the beginning, Andrew, that the BYU Management Society has a big goal with chapters all around the world, and that is to foster ethical leadership. There are events that are still coming up. I, I know that there was the Moral and Ethical Leadership Conference and that's coming up in September with some football player who's got yeah. some preeminence who also went to law school. Yeah, that's right. So um, we have a moral and ethical leadership um, conference, uh, which is a full-day conference. It will be held at the uh, theater at, at the conference center. Um, it's with we're, we're, Steve Young will be there. Tom Homo will be there. Liz Weisman, who's well, well-known uh, leadership guru, is also going to be there. Um, and, and so, and many others, Gil Miller, uh, um, Brad Agle, who's a professor of ethics from BYU as well. Uh, yeah, so it'll be a great event. Absolutely. So if you want more information, we've given the website a handful of times, but there's more to learn and more to gain from by connecting to the BYU Management Society. The Salt Lake chapter, it is B... Okay, I'm going to let you do it again, Andrew. Salt Lake. Dot 
org, um, and then if you look, want to int- are interested in events, slash events. Okay, we'll look for that. Thank you so much, Thank Andrew, you. for joining us. Good luck at the upcoming gala, June 1st. There's still some room for anyone who'd like to be a part of it. And Enid, it's always a pleasure to have you in studio. She had a show here on the radio and, and has had her own distinguished impact in our community, oh, local and wide. Kind, so thank you. thank you. And congrats on... on, on I guess the biggest event is raising a beautiful daughter who has graduated from college and is moving forward. I know how important that has been. Well, and you've done the same with your boys, and and we'll just keep plugging away, won't we? Yeah, so happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you, and to you. And thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum.